0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. CTmobile.com. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring. The flooring experts.
1: Michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And welcome back to Overnight America. I'm your host, Ryan Recker, and I am uh, always happy when we get the opportunity to talk law and legal issues with Brad Young, a partner at Harris, Dow Fisher & Young. Hey, Brad, what's going on? Hey, Ryan,
0: good to talk to you. Uh, you know, uh, it's really cold outside. And, uh, you know, in fact, it's so cold that lawyers today have their hands in their own pockets.
1: <laughs> See, I was gonna ask you something else that was snarky like that, which is good. I was gonna ask, do lawyers go sledding on days like this?
0: <laughs> no <laughs> no, because it's too inherently dangerous
1: <laughs> if not, uh some may go to hand out their business card, you know, just in case something happens oh, on, yeah just, you know public just park. In
0: case right. <laughs>
1: Lots of ambulances (laughs) crashing on the interstate (laughs) on days like today. Oh, a terrible day, but uh, you know, it'll only last a few days and things will get a little bit better here soon. I guess by the start of next week, we'll be back up to the forties. It'll probably feel like it's the summer all over again. Um, You know, talking about uh, lawsuits and things, there's two that have been in the news that I wanted to talk to you about. One, is out of, I think this is North Carolina, a woman by the name of Tessica Brown. She's 40 years old. Oh, no, she's in Louisiana. I take that back. Mm -hmm. She used Gorilla Glue instead of hairspray on her hair, and she said for a month she couldn't access her hair. It was just, like, glued down, and it was a pretty serious deal because you know she pleaded to the internet, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. My hair is still matted down, and it won't move. She had to get it surgically worked on in order to get her hair back, and she's saying, you know, Gorilla Glue, I'm going to she's thinking about a lawsuit against the company because the product she used on her hair uh, glued it down and, you know, caused her so much pain. So uh, in general, when you hear about people using products in a way they're not intended, and then they try to sue the company, are those ever successful?
0: Uh, Well, sometimes they are. I mean, each case is obviously uh, its own case and rises or falls on its own merits. I will tell you that Uh, my my wife handed me a bottle of Gorilla Glue that we have right here in our house. Of course, uh, you've seen me, so the risk of me getting this in my hair is slim to none. since (laughs) I have no hair.
1: Uh, uh, So this is the argument. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, The uh, the argument I, I read, and I don't know if this is the legal argument or not. If you read the warning label on Gorilla Glue, it says, do not use on your skin. And she's saying, well, hair is not skin. Thus, the warning label doesn't, count for what i used it for so i should be able to sue for my pain and anguish
0: well you know there is there is that theory and she could possibly do that uh, uh however with regard to warning labels and disclaimers they're only intended to uh to warn the user based upon foreseeable usage and so that's why they've got on this and i'm looking at it right now it does specifically say you know do not use on your skin Uh, but it doesn't say hair. And so the question to a jury would be, would it be foreseeable that someone would mistakenly put gorilla glue in their hair? And so that would have to be uh, uh, reasonably foreseeable. Now, what's interesting here is this. 32 states in our country have what's called comparative negligence or comparative fault laws, meaning Mm -hmm. that if the plaintiff is 50% at fault or greater, then they have no lawsuit. So, for example, if this young woman filed a lawsuit in Missouri or Illinois and the jury said she was 75% at fault for putting Gorilla Glue in her own hair, she would recover zero. However, this accident or this incident occurred in Louisiana. Louisiana is a pure comparative fault state, meaning even if she took it to trial and the jury said she was 99% at fault, Uh, She could recover for 1% of her damages, whatever those damages might be, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, economic, so forth. So in Louisiana, she would have a better shot at this legally than she would in the 32 states that have comparative fault statutes.
1: Ah, So is this something that would require a jury? Yes.
0: In fact, I promise you. This is the kind of case where they would always request a jury because a judge would say, you're an idiot. Get out. But a, ju- <laughs> but, but a, but a jury, you know, could be persuaded to say, you know, I saw the gorilla and the gorilla's got fur and I thought ooh, maybe I could use it on my hair. I'm just making stuff up here. But a jury might be more persuadable emotionally that this person had legitimate damages, which apparently she does. And, uh, and a jury might give her something, whereas I don't think many judges would.
1: So tell me if this is a good or bad sign. So they, they put her on the stand, and she's talking about how she reached for this, thinking it would be okay to use on her hair. And she's saying, I tried everything. Like, you, you know, the remedies when you're trying to get gum out of your hair. I use mayonnaise. I use peanut butter. Nothing would go out. And then the jury starts laughing. Is that a good or bad sign when the jury laughs at you?
0: yeah if you're the well if you're the I'm always on the defense side, so when when the jury's laughing at the plaintiff, for me that's really good um, <laughs> because I'm on the defense side, but if you're representing the plaintiff, you know that's never a good sign when they're laughing at you.
1: It's not a great thing to know that uh, there's this mentality where they just want to stick it to the man. And there's so many celebrities that are backing her and hoping that she wins in this. And I thought, how in the world can Gorilla Glue anticipate that someone would use this as hairspray? How in the world could they be somehow held liable for her doing that? I don't get it myself.
0: Well, well, well my favorite story of all time is my nep- when my nephew was about 10, he had a Batman costume. And we are putting the Batman costume on him. And I'm looking at the box. And the box has a big warning on it that says, warning, Cape does not enable user to fly. <laughs> oh, no. and, um, and two things came to mind there, Ryan. First, the reason that disclaimer's on there is probably someone took a leap from the top of their garage wearing a Batman uh-huh. costume. But then uh-huh. secondly, my nerd side kicked in and said, wait a minute, Batman can't fly anyway. So how could you reasonably anticipate that a Batman costume could allow you to fly when Batman himself can't fly?
1: That's a good point. The other uh, lawsuit, and this is interesting because it's out of Canada, and I know their laws, of course, are different than ours. But it's one that's been brought up multiple times here in the United States. And it's if someone uses a gun in a way, like in a shooting or a mass shooting or whatever, can the victims or the families of the victims be able to sue the gun manufacturer. In this case, it looks like a lawsuit against Smith & Wesson is going to be allowed to go into the court system uh, based on a deadly shooting in Toronto in 2018. So this is a Canadian case. I wanted to get your thoughts and comments on that because they've tried this in the United States. It doesn't seem to get anywhere. Um, I, I don't know the difference between Canadian and American law or if this is just more of signs of things that are going to be coming here to the United States? Well, yeah, let let me deal with the difference in law first, and then I want to deal with the facts of this Canadian case.
0: First of all, in the United States, uh, there is actually a statute that's called, and I'm trying to remember, I think it's called the Protection of Lawful Commerce in Arms Act, and it prevents people from suing gun manufacturers uh, for crimes that have been committed with the use of their weapons. So United States gun manufacturers have a liability shield that prevents them from being sued when a gun is used in the commission of a crime, because obviously that's not the intended purpose of the manufactured gun. It's not it's not made in order to commit crimes. So when it's used beyond its lawful purpose in the United States, there is no liability. Canada has no such law so they can move forward. But here's what I think is fascinating about this Canadian lawsuit. The, the gun in in question in this Canadian case, it was a Smith & Wesson pistol, and the, the, the burglar, the bad guy, the criminal, who used this weapon and killed people, then he, he turned it on himself and shot himself. But what's interesting here is is that he stole the weapon himself, so the person... Lawfully purchased the weapon, it was then stolen from the lawful owner of the pistol, and the criminal who stole the gun then used it in the commission of a crime so there's like three or four different steps before you get to why should this gun manufacturer be liable and the thrust of their lawsuit is is that Smith and Wesson should should have installed digital technology to make it where only the person who purchased the weapon could fire it and because they failed to do that they're negligent and i I just really don't agree with that kind of reasoning because this is clearly beyond the purpose for which the gun was manufactured and i don't see why a gun manufacturer should be held liable when the person who committed the crime literally has already paid the price for his crime when he died at the scene of the crime
1: Wow. So we tried to look at cases judges would allow forward and the fact that a judge would allow this forward. Does he seem, is is the threshold just a little bit lower in Canada than the United States on cases that they would allow to move forward based on that argument?
0: Well, uh, the the three or four articles that I read about this case didn't go into all the legal specifics. I'm assuming this was a motion to dismiss saying there's no basis for legal Liability against the gun manufacturer. So the judge allowing this to go forward w- wasn't really citing, stating that that the plaintiffs are going to win this case. The judge was merely stating that they have pled a sufficient cause of action in order to move the case forward. In other words, it's not a frivolous lawsuit. It's by no means an endorsement of liability or that these uh, plaintiffs will win against Smith and Wessett. But it's just a legal maneuver that says this plaintiff has met the legal standard to file a lawsuit and proceed uh, in a legal action against a gun manufacturer. And so that's, I think, exactly what this judge held.
1: Okay. Absence of safety features is the argument. Uh, We'll see how this one rolls out, but I always am curious about things that are brought up in a legal way. Are you going to be making any appearances on Overtime anytime soon? Well, let's see. I was on overtime last week. Um, I don't know about this week, but I'll probably
0: will be on with Hancock and Kelly this Friday.
1: Cool. Always good to hear you on the daytime. And I'm always glad when you take time for us here on Overnight America. Brad Young, partner at Hairstyle Fisher & Young, thanks for coming on tonight. Hey, my pleasure, Ryan. And he joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line on Overnight America KMOX. St. Louis's traffic station, KMOX. And welcome back to Overnight America. Did anyone try to actually drive on the roads today? What was that like? I see reports on social media every once in a while. And the reports are, stay off the road, or there'll be a video of someone that put their camera or their uh, cell phone and recorded themselves. And they just put it up on the dashboard just to catch a, get an idea of what it's like. And that's what it is. It's like, why in the world, if you didn't have to be out, would you be? And I just talked to our producer for the night. Nathan was telling me about how it would normally take about a half hour to get in. It took an additional hour on top of that and just driving slow and carefully. And even then, when you get to our building in downtown St. Louis at KMOX, we have a parking garage that has a pretty strong incline. And when it gets this cold, the ice isn't that effective. And it makes it even difficult and scary trying to get up that. Honestly, I mean, if you're driving and you get on an incline and it's snowy and icy, you're thinking to yourself, all right, this could be it. (laughs) This could be it. I don't want it to be, but this could be it. So be careful. And I want you to know that we do have a lot of time tonight. So if you want to call in and you've been cooped up in the house and you got no one to talk to, you just want to bring something up on the show, we can keep it open. 314-436-7900. You do always have that invite to call in. It doesn't have to be political if you don't want to. It could be. It could not be. If You want to talk about the lady that gorilla glued her hair. I shouldn't be laughing about this. But, you know, the the interesting thing about it is the the Internet could have gone either way. They could have just completely blown this lady out of the water. I mean, just really leaned into her and made her life miserable and talked about just what a dumb, stupid thing it was. But instead, the Internet really rallied behind her. People gave her money. And there was a plastic surgeon in California that even offered and then successfully put her uh, in surgery in order to try to get that hair out. Now, I don't know if you saw that video, but it is exactly what you would expect it if you were to spray on Gorilla Glue, which this is a great an advertisement for Gorilla Glue. I didn't realize it can come in a spray can. Now I'm going to have to run out and buy a spray can of this stuff because it works. It seems like whenever I need it, it'll be right there and I'll have to keep it away from the rest of the family. I'll have to put it in like a lockbox. box, but um, that's what I'm worried about. I, I want to know too, by the way, uh, if you are out driving or you're keeping things cold or whatever's up next, feel free to give us a call. But I wanted to mention a few different articles that, are just an idea of what we're dealing with when it comes to news coverage in today's world. Because there's been some pretty large stories that have hit. I don't know if you've heard this one. There is one of Joe Biden's aides that resigned after attacking a former colleague. Um, So this is what ends up happening. Um, What you find is that the aide was uh, framed, not framed, excuse me, was given uh, such... Condemnations as dangerous attacks on democracy over and over again. We've heard this during the uh, Trump administration that uh, everything's dangerous and, you know, this is an attack on the press and this and that. So one of the aides went out and just completely uh, embarrassed um, the Biden administration, apparently, and the colleagues went out there and just went completely after a former colleagues. People have been reporting on this. Other news agencies have been reporting on this. But as it turns out, ABC decided to ignore the former aide that now resigned that said he would destroy one of the White House correspondents, even though CBS and NBC decided to give it time. You know, all things considered, they gave it about a minute total combined, the two networks. But ABC gave zero mention of it. So if you're an aide to Joe Biden. And you said you're going to destroy members of the media and purposely try to embarrass them and do everything you can. Uh, why wouldn't ABC mention that after the past four years of just saying how dangerous this type of talk is for um, for people inside of the White House to talk to the media this way? Is it doesn't seem to mesh up that they're actually uh, it doesn't seem to like a, add up. If it were a true con- a problem, if it were a true consideration, something that they said was absolutely vital for our nation to be able to have a free press, that they sh- none of this stuff should happen, then they should report on this, right? Here's another example. When it comes to Governor Cuomo and the nursing home scandal and underreporting, ABC and CBS on their national news broadcast gave only 57 seconds as part of their telecast to what happened. NBC had 17 seconds uh, Friday night in three minutes on Saturday's Today Show. Now, keep in mind, this is a pretty big deal. They gave the dude an Oscar. They made it look like he was the biggest role model ever. They said, oh, this is how you should act. This guy should run for president, this and that. And the guy was completely fudging the numbers in order to try to make his state look better or whatever it is. And actually, it probably made things a lot worse. When it came to statistically speaking and how you're supposed to handle the coronavirus. And on top of that, maybe that changed some of the decisions of other states or whatever. Could he be responsible for that? Lawmakers in New York are already asking for an impeachment trial for him. They want him to resign, they want him out. They don't like the way it went, but why in the world would they only spend like 21 seconds of coverage, you know, here and there, a minute, to, no, uh, 57 seconds of coverage on ABC and CBS? And then again, This is something I think we all knew was going on in New York City, but they were called conspiracy theorists if you were to bring it up in the past. So what I'm saying is the standard of what is the biggest problems in the history of the United States under Donald Trump all of a sudden dissolves and it's not a big deal when it's Joe Biden doing these stupid things. So I'm just saying there is a clear double standard that continues to lay itself out. Uh, Let's go to Chris who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. What do you say there,
2: young man? How are you? Oh, great. I just, uh, I don't, I didn't call in last week, but I, I'm, I'm still listening. So, uh, hey, uh, I, I, my comments on the, uh, environment, but just a quick question. Did, uh, has Minister Mike
1: called you back yet? No, we haven't heard from him in probably two months. So I wonder what happened. I hope he's okay. Maybe he just I, I sure do. I, uh,
2: I remember the old, uh, 920 WGNU, the old radio station. He was a regular on there, but, uh, it was, it was good to hear him on, um, you know, when he would call your show. So,
1: uh, I have to uh, look him up again because we, we, um, let's see, we, I looked him up on Facebook a few times and I just have to get a hold of him. I just don't know how I'm going to, but we're, we're going to have to.
2: Well, God, God willing, Ryan, I hope he's doing okay. You know, he's, he's okay, but, uh, as far as you the, know, that uh, happened
1: once with this show. Can I just mention that this sure. happened with a listener that called in frequently, and I can't remember his name right now. It's slipping my mind, but he was a taxi driver and he called in a lot. And then all of a sudden, he stopped calling in, and um, we put a call out for him. And uh, he was in a nursing home, and apparently, he passed away. And the funeral, we missed it by like a month. So, oh man. I I, he um used to call in when I first started taking over the show some time ago and he called in a lot. He was very knowledgeable type of guy knew a lot of like trivia, things like that. And then, you know, he just got sick. And once, sometimes when you get sick, it's all, it's all fast after that things move very quickly in the wrong direction.
2: Well, it can tumble down very quickly. uh, I still hear, uh, you know, on occasion, I'll hear big L or Jerome call in. And even uh, that one guy, Scott, the, uh, the sure. uh, jewish uh, color and uh just uh you you got an interesting mix of colors i mean that's that's what makes it makes it great but uh yeah, that's to say the and, least. Uh, sure. and and you uh rich uh, Rabino on the uh you know the president's saying, up uh, he's uh he's quite a knowledgeable guy as far as uh politics and presidents go so yeah. and uh yes he is and lastly i took off of work today and i i just Came in maybe 15 minutes ago from tried to shovel out the uh, driveway. My daughter's car is out there. I start with hers, and I I got to get around mine. So try uh, one way or another to get into work tomorrow. But uh, I wish the heck I had a snowblower.
1: That would really uh, come in handy right now, or or a know, torch or something. <laughs> I had a snowblower in Indiana, and I moved it here. And I found, like the first couple of years I lived at the house, that we didn't need it, and I it just sat in the garage. And all I was doing was just, you know, starting it up and making sure it was in working and operational. And I was like, you know what? For the one or two times it snows during the season, it ain't worth me holding on to a snowblower. Uh, it would have been nice today, <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, um, got to do manual labor and get a little exercise. Sure. Do you
2: have a, you have a garage you uh, you park your car in? Or yeah, I have a garage.
1: Yeah,
2: no, I'm good. Good. Okay. we'll All right. Well, that's yeah. great and uh, base with you, Ryan, and uh, I'll uh, keep on
1: listening. All right. Thanks, Chris. You be safe. Bye, uh Here's the phone number, 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. Yeah, I've been uh, wondering about Mike. In fact, producer Mike and I have been talking about him, and we've just been wondering, you know, I wonder what happened to him. So let's uh, – Let's try to see if we can put a call out. Maybe he's listening right now. But I did a search, and I I don't want to sound morbid. I did all kinds of other searches to see if something happened, and nothing happened that I could find, but he's just not calling in. I'm guessing he's working nights now or something, which is fine. This is Overnight America. We'll take a look at your weather next. And if you want to call in, you can. 314-436-7900 on KMOX. News Radio 1120 KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals wow it's a late night in st louis missouri i guess it is snowing just lightly downtown i thought it moved out but it's just about to move out to say the least but really through the overnight i'm sure with the wind and the wind chill it's kind of a one-two punch that you don't want not that too many one-two punches to your face are ones that you would normally want to begin with but the weather is just really cold and It's going to stay that way for a couple of days. And the next thing you know, it's going to be in the 40s. And here we are waiting for that. i got a couple of different stories to go to here. Um, Let's go to Minneapolis first. Minneapolis pushed to defund police, which we saw after the uh, incidents in Minneapolis. We saw that the city council and because they bow to the pressure of those that want to go out and burn police buildings and things to defund the police and council gets on it. Yeah, we'll defund police. The council voted unanimously to approve additional funding for police. Why? Because residents are upset, slow response times and increasing crimes. Well, no kidding. So you thought that magically that we're just going to live in Candyland and everything would be just fine. If the police just stopped showing up, you think, Here in St. Louis, that would be a good idea, too. Oh, how how about this? We've lived in a city of St. Louis that has been understaffed for a while now. Understaffed meaning they have the approval to have a certain amount, and they're still, last check, what, 150 police officers down? And they're not making it any easier for police officers here, giving them a hard time and hassling them enough. Um, Minneapolis backtracked on its original push to defund the police department in the wake of George Floyd's police custody death after residents begged the city to hire more officers response times longer than you need. What was that one rap song we played last night? It was one of the top songs in the country right now. It's called fake woke. <laughs> one of the lines is is essentially um, you could, you can order food and call the police and see which one shows up first. Uh, I got an idea that my pizza will be there before the police, depending on where you live though. Some places have some great police, uh, different communities in the County, but in the city of St. Louis, depending on where you're at, You're on your own in a lot of ways, and it's sad. It's just the way it is. The new recruit class, the city anticipates it'll have 674 officers available at the end of the year, another 28 in the hiring process. You know what I want to know? I want to know who and why these officers would want to go work in Minneapolis, knowing that they don't have your back and you can get cut or whatever, and funding will be taken away from you at any given time. Like in St. Louis, we went through this when I first moved here. It was a pretty clear thing. It was, we can't bring people in because they don't want to be target practice. They don't get paid enough and they don't have enough support. And then what happens? Ultimately, you're going to get put on an exclusion list. So even if you get a a confession on tape, they still might not take that person. And you're just going to recycle the same criminals over and over again. How many police officers were shot? How many police officers were killed last year in St. Louis? Uh, Captain Dorn being one of the high profile ones based on what happened in Minneapolis and some of the riots and terrible things that happened here in St. Louis following things that were unwarranted to be happening here in St. Louis, police officers being targeted. And I mean, how many of them were shot in the line of duty? So many of them, I don't remember the exact number, but man, during the summer, you had a time where it was easily double digits. It's a shame. So why would you want to put yourself through that? They look at all the surrounding area and they think, well, there was a residency issue, at least back then there was a residency issue. You know, why do do I want to live? Do I want to work when I can go somewhere else, make more money and not get hassled? I don't mind driving around and just making sure things are okay on the streets and neighborhoods as long as I don't have to go to some of these bad neighborhoods where I know it's an ambush or, you know, you're going to be walking into something where you're the target. You don't want that. Uh, Minneapolis, I think about the same thing. I think about if you take the support system away from those police officers and then you cut, that why in the world would they want to go back into that system? Why wouldn't they try everything they could to get out of it and work in a surrounding area if they still wanted to live there? It says three city council members have pr- proposed uh, propose replacing the police department with a public safety department. Oh, isn't that nice? That would include law enforcement and other services. Oh, wow. Public safety department. Just rebrand it. Slap on a nice little smiley face onto the back like this is, um, you know, like this is some sort of a business decision where you need to rebrand your uh, business in a way that uh, is more friendly. Uh, No, thanks. I think that if you live in these areas that have high crime like St. Louis, the whole point is that you want these police officers around, knowing that if you have to call one of them, they'll be able to show up, number one. And number two, there will be someone that will be able to show up because there's someone on staff. And think about this in St. Louis. How many issues have we heard when it comes to dialing 911 if there's an emergency, not being able to get to a dispatcher or a dispatcher hanging up or whatever it is and being completely overloaded with the calls coming in because they're also short-handed on that sense? We've got a lot of issues in St. Louis that we need to look at, but it mirrors some of these other places. And I think, please, 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 let's not make it any harder than it needs to be. So when we look at the problems in Minneapolis and what defunding the police brought them, uh, increases in crime and slower response times, hey, that's us all the time in the city. That's the the whole time. How about uh, you work on getting some more police officers, making it friendly for them, and finally getting up to that approved number so we can start turning around, which was a, a, what, 262 homicides in 2020 last year, the highest it's been in decades. Terrible, terrible. And the population's not getting any bigger. So you have to go back when the percentage was, uh, you know, out of whack and look at where it is now. It's even worse. So right now, based on the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department's homicide analysis, which they put out, you know, daily or every two or three days, depending the latest one came out today in 2021, there have been 26 homicides, 26 homicides. Um, Will we hit over 200? Well, think of it this way. If we were to go in proportion, um, yeah, we're looking bad. We're looking over 200 again. And we're not even in the busy time. We're not even in the summertime. This is not good. Summertime is when you see a lot of this pick up because you have the uh, opportunities for things to get out there. In a way, the winter weather kind of slows things down. Not in Chicago. But it does slow things down. Like in Chicago, for example, the homicide epidemic in Chicago during COVID-19, uh, murders in Chicago increased by 55 percent in 2019 to 2020. They had 769 murders in Chicago last year. Previous years, comparable homicide numbers, 2016 was 762, so it back to 1996, where you saw a big jump um, in 2016, I should say. These are high numbers. And even during a pandemic, you think, oh, we're going to keep people away from each other. We're going to keep people off the street. Maybe that'll help that sort of thing. No, not really. I, I think the only thing that actually does help it is when there's giant snowfalls like this right now. I've got to be honest. Someone messaged me on Facebook and they make a really good point. I don't know if you meant this to be a joke or not, but it's actually a pretty good point. With the second impeachment and then the not guilty of Donald Trump, I thought about how in the past during the impeachments and when there's problems with uh, Donald Trump, people would go around and start smashing and looting around right. the country because they you know, wouldn't be able to accept that fact that he's not guilty. And I thought, well, that's interesting that the, the winter weather may have prevented that from round two. Either that or people just didn't really pay attention or care as much as they did the first time around. But that was an interesting point that someone messaged into us. Let me take a look at some of the text messages here. Um, talking about the roads. Oh, here's a text message. It says, people aren't driving Toyota 4Runners. I don't even need a road. Yeah, there's some cars that are better than others when it comes to snow and traction. I try to stay away from it myself. I used to have a Jeep. I've noticed on my road a lot of Jeeps having no issue getting around. I like Jeeps in general. Uh, it's been a long time since I've owned one. It's probably been well over 10. Well, yeah. 10, nine years, eight years, maybe since I've owned a Jeep. And I uh, regret giving it up. I loved it. Maybe I'll have another one sometime in the future. Toyota 4Runners are very good in the snow, too. I'm not an off-road kind of guy. I I, I like the control. I don't like going up inclines, even in dry weather. (laughs) I don't like it. I just, all of that scares me. So when I don't have to drive on the roads, I don't want to. Thank goodness I'm still working from home. It gives me the opportunity to do this because this would have been terrible to drive in. I I hear the uh, horror story from producer Nathan, who I sympathize with. And I think, man, he had to drive in during those conditions and I didn't have to. I'm I'm just grateful I didn't have to. And uh, I pray to God that when he leaves, that things are going to be a little bit better out there. And anyone else that may be driving right now, because it is like I think about if I had family members or loved ones out there, I wouldn't be able to sleep thinking of just about how dangerous it is. So please be careful. Please, please, please be careful. 314-436-7900 is the number or 800-925-1120 if you want to call in. And really, the phone lines are open for you. I have a lot of stuff I wanted to bring up on the show, but I was hoping that, hey, it was a cold day. You didn't get out. You didn't get to talk to people. Let's just open things up. Whatever you want to talk about, give us a call. It's Overnight America KMOX.
0: Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring. The flooring experts. MichaelsFlooringOutlet.com.
1: Here we are. It's Overnight America. So thanks for spending that time with us here tonight. I saw this online. And I wanted to uh, bring this up real quick. A clip from the weekend. Lindsey Graham was on Fox News Sunday. Talking about the Senate trial. This is with Chris Wallace. The trial record was a complete joke, hearsay upon hearsay, and we've opened Pandora's box to future presidents.
2: And if you use this model, I don't know how Kamala Harris doesn't get impeached if the
1: Republicans take over the House because she actually bailed out rioters and one of the rioters went back to the streets and broke somebody's head open. So we've opened Pandora's box here and I'm sad for the country. Okay. Have we opened Pandora's box? You think this is what's going to be the future of politics where we'll be able to bring up impeachment trials for things like this? Honestly, if you want to say Donald Trump incited this violence and you want to go back and try to justify and say, this is why I believe because he gave a speech and people got worked up. And... Um, Uh, You know, we later find out that this was planned a week in advance before the speech and FBI knew about these things. All of these needs to be figured out, by the way. But we start to learn about that. This was you know, premeditated and people taking advantage of the situation. Why didn't we have more security there? Was security called away? Who called the security away? There's a lot of things that uh, on that January 6th day that contributed to this. And then we find it brought the fourth, a idea of a second impeachment to Donald Trump, even after he's out of office, later found not guilty. So under the same threshold, under the same standard, if we're to look at Kamala Harris and say that, hey, she uh, contributed and said, we need to make sure any rioter is out of jail. So we're going to pay for their bail fund. And that directly causes them to go out and commit another crime because they are out of jail. Uh, Because you were financially funding criminals to go back and commit other crimes, would that be an impeachable offense? Because in this case, it's not incitement. It's a direct cause and effect. Now, you may look at that and say, that's not how we do things. Uh, She didn't directly tell the person to go and commit a crime. But then again, Donald Trump didn't directly go and tell anyone to do anything. And if this happened multiple times over multiple riots, over uh, multiple months in multiple cities, which is part of the billing that the Democrats tried to push through and continued to, um, and, and this this flaw in the idea that all the people being arrested were these, you know, innocent people that were just, uh, you know, minding their own business and just, you know, the, the police come around and then they just say, uh, we're randomly going to pick peaceful protesters now we're talking about people that were smashing windows looting violence uh beating on other people in the case that lindsey graham brought up you start taking blunt objects to someone else's head that doesn't sound like peaceful protesting you have people that bring weapons pepper spray you see people that uh, push shove you see people that punch you see uh, a million things going on and when the police finally are able to apprehend and catch some of these people and then immediately people like Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States, goes out and says, well, we need to bail that person out. And then they turn around and do it again. What does that say? Is that an impeachable offense, knowing that these charges and the the mindset is that they're just encouraging violence by allowing them and by paying their bail? You are encouraging and fueling their violence. Again, this may sound stupid to an average logical person, but if we're going to say, okay, we're going to fit this into the billing of the way Democrats want to use the impeachment process, then yeah, I can see that working. So, Hey, Republicans go at it. Is this what we really want? Uh, Another thing, New York post put this one out. Politicians want answers about national guards, lengthy DC deployment. Uh, Lisa McCain, a representative from Michigan a Republican who sits on the house armed services committee said Pelosi needed to explain why troops were being kept in the nation's capital when the threat from last month's deadly sieges have subsided. Now, remember the videos and the pictures of them sleeping in parking garages after they were told they had to stay there for long periods of time? Are you kidding me? So Republicans are demanding that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi brief lawmakers on why thousands of National Guard troops are being kept in Washington, D.C. until the middle of March. And then again. Why in the world were the conditions that were given to these National Guards, men and women, the people that are out there, they say at least 5000 troops would stay in Washington until mid-March. Uh, why? Why is it that the a parking garage is where they have to sit and sleep and stay? Why is it that they're even there? What's the even the, the point or the purpose of keeping it right now? It's not good. Uh, Senator Tom Cotton on uh, Fox News op ed published last month, National Troops uh, Guard Troops who completed their mission should be allowed to return home. Yes, they should. And how demoralizing is that, all things considered, that all you're just sitting around doing nothing? It's bad. It's it's really bad. So let's let's see some accountability for that. Will Nancy Pelosi face accountability? Probably not. But the standard that has been set in the future, are we just going to get impeachment crazy? Uh, I don't know how you can say no if that tool has been put out there. This is Overnight America KMOX.